Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. It's mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you do enjoy what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the Alpo, you can for as little as $18 a year. You can find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And yes, this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe. No matter what what, uh, type of device you use, you can subscribe to us. That way you'll never miss another episode of the Observer's Notebook. Episode 123. And we're going to learn, learn all about the ring planet of Saturn. Enjoy. All right. I'd like to welcome everybody back to this edition of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. We have with us again uh, the executive director of the ALPO and uh, Saturn section coordinator, Julius Benton. Welcome back, Julius. Yes, glad to be back. Yeah. Now, uh, we're going to talk today about uh, Saturn, and because it's coming up on its opposition, which means it'll be visible all night long. But why don't you just give us a little bit of background about the Saturn section? Okay, the Saturn section, of course, I've been the uh, coordinator of the Saturn section since 1971. Um, and uh, It's been, been growing steadily. Uh, we have right now... Uh, Right now, as of as of this date, we have about uh, thirty different observers um, that are regularly com- uh, contributing observations. But uh, it's grown to as many as seventy in some instances. But last apparition that ended back uh, this past January, we had over four hundred and thirty uh, separate images and drawings. Oh wow! So really so far, we've got a good got a goodly number of drawings and images. So far, I would say we're approaching about seventy images right now, which is pretty good. Okay. And so, uh, what type of equipment do you suggest people use to contribute to the Saturn section? Well, we don't set an inflexible minimum. We have several observers that have uh, four inch refractors and, mm-hmm. uh, 
as a minimum, typically we recommend that. And then for uh, Newtonians or catadioptrics, maybe about a six inch is pretty good. But m many of our observers are using larger instruments uh, up to about 40 centimeters, which is about 16 inches. Okay. All right. And so what, what, what are we, what did we see last apparition that was interesting before we talk well, about this year? For several uh, interesting phenomena that occurred in the, uh, the equatorial zone, um, there were some small white spots that persisted for quite a while, and those have uh, continued this apparition. Um, some, some interesting features that have occurred in the northern hemisphere of Saturn, and of course, uh, observers are continuing to track these uh, and, and uh, continuing to send images of the, in the north equatorial belt region and also in the equatorial belt. And uh, then the North Polar region, uh, there have, of course, been some spots, uh, white spots and dark spots that have been visible as well. Hmm. So what are, you, what, what are you expecting to see this year? Well, we see a continuation so far of many of those same features from last year. Uh, Saturn's northern hemisphere is fairly active. Uh, no huge outburst right now, but little subtle image, uh, little subtle white spots and dark spots have popped up from time to time. And it seems like these... Uh, are a good bit longer lasting than uh, in past years. These, some of these are sporadic, but most of these that we've been observing in the last year or two uh, have been uh, fairly consistent. And uh, I don't know, not many visual observers have been able to see some of them, but we keep encouraging to observers to try to spot them. Some are quite small. And uh, we have a few visual observers who have also picked up on some of these spots as well. Now you said these are white spots? Some white spots in the equatorial zone, and also uh, a couple. There's a, a curious white streak in the equatorial band uh, that uh, has uh, attracted a lot of attention. And a few people that have, have sent drawings internationally have shown uh, hmm. that they've been after some of those same features. Now, what causes features like that? Well, a lot of this is caused by atmospheric, actually, ammonia clouds coming up through the uh, atmosphere of Saturn, spreading out and uh, looking bright. Uh, in integrated light as well, no filter, as well as uh, shows up in many different wavelength filters as well. Hmm. So what, what, okay. So you said some visual observers are seeing these, but most of them, I guess you're getting from imaging. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very small, uh, larger instruments have been able to pick some of these up and then observers are, have been alerted to keep watching for these. Some of the visual observers are starting to see some of these as well as Saturn approaches opposition on August the 2nd. Okay. All right. Now, um, when observing, v uh, I'm sorry, that you, Saturn uh, visually, what type of filters, color filters, neutral density filters, do you suggest people use? Well, we don't recommend neutral density filters necessarily because it kind of dims the in okay. image. But, um, a good a good uh, supply of color filters of various wavelengths. Um, a orange filter and also uh, uh, a green filter helps bring out some of the contrast. But a polarizing filter, a variable density mm. polarizing filter, really helps uh, bring out a lot of the details. That opposition Saturn's rings take on the Seeliger effect, which is a brightening of the uh, the rings themselves. And um, observers uh, can use the polarizing filter to pick up details in the rings and also on the uh, on the disc. Okay. All right. So you, you mentioned opposition was August 2nd? Yes. Okay. So that's what that's when uh, Saturn is direct opposite the sun. And as the sun sets, Saturn rises. Okay. All right. Yeah. And how, how, what's, what's the tilt angle of the rings? 
the tilt angle is about minus 18 degrees right now. And uh, that will be, it's, it's, uh, it's about 18 degrees at opposition. And okay. of course, this will continue most of the apparition. It varies slightly a couple of degrees, maybe on either side of that. And uh, the drawing blanks that we have on the, on the website uh, reflect those uh, ring tilts for observers picking out the right uh, blank to use to make drawings. Uh, typically, the ring, the, uh, the actual templates between 18 and 20 degrees that are, can be downloaded from the ALPO website. Yeah, and I have a link to those in the show notes if anybody's interested in making some drawings and submitting them. So they, it's already outlined with the proper angle of the rings. Very good. Right, exactly. And there's a little, there's a little, there's a certain amount of space on the observing forms to record the uh, filters used, uh, the telescope, uh, the location of the observer, size of telescope, and uh, seeing in transparency conditions in the sky. That's always very important when making observations. It's what the sky conditions were at the time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. So what other uh, uh, features should uh, Saturn observers be looking for? We'll continue to observe the rings uh, with, with uh, as large a telescope as one has at one's disposal. Uh, the larger, the better, if the seeing conditions permit. Um, Got to pick a really good night uh, for observing Saturn. Uh, uh, it really helps to uh, catch Saturn, you know, when Saturn is high enough up in the sky and not too low down to suffer the the consequences of atmospheric dispersion and poor seeing. Mm -hmm. Now, I know like with Jupiter, there's time constraints with making an observation because Jupiter rotates really quickly. Is is that a problem with Saturn? Not so much. Um, Saturn, uh, you know, the rotation of... Uh, of Saturn is uh, for the equatorial zone is 10 hours, 14 minutes, 13 seconds. And for uh, zones further north and south of that, of course, uh, right now, the current apparition, you're seeing the northern hemisphere. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 16 hours and 38 minutes for the, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 10 hours, 38 minutes for the regions uh, further north from the equatorial region. And uh, so it's not that big of a problem, but observers if they're going to make a drawing, need to do it as quickly as possible, not trying to be too hasty, just pay attention right. to the main thing. Okay. All right. And images, what type of images are you looking for? Well, we want images with uh, RGB filters, uh, images that are taken at uh, an integrated light or no filter. Uh, different observers are sending in uh, images using different wavelength filters. Uh, some are using IR filters. Some are using different, uh, like a green filter and a red filter and a blue filter. And interestingly, it's, it's, in, it's interesting to compare these with different ob observers, uh, what they're submitting, and we can different, uh, get different ideas on what's visible at certain wavelengths. Hmm. And visual observers, just drawings, that's what you're looking for? Well, drawings and visual intensity estimates. Uh, ah. uh, what we typically hope for is to get an observer sending in uh, estimates of the brightness of the uh, various belts and zones over time. And that's all described in detail in my book and also uh, described in many of the Saturn apparition reports that uh, appear on the website kind of explains what we're looking for, for visual numerical relative intensity estimates. Yeah, now, let's talk about the website for a minute. What, what type of information do you have available there? Okay, on the website, we have the ephemeris uh, showing uh, the various uh, ephemeride data for Saturn uh, for observing. Um, the, uh, the website contains information on uh, you know, how to contribute observations. And, of course, uh, 
the uh, there's another booklet that I have as a monograph. It's called uh, Theory and Methods for Visual Observations of Saturn, and it's mm. available for PDF download from the website. Oh, and fantastic! Everything is completely free. And that's from when we talk about website, we're talking about the ALPO website. And if you look yeah. at the left side, there, there's a link for a Saturn section. And you just click on that, and all, all the information is easily available and free. Yes. You don't uh, need to be a member to access that information. But we no, appreciate any- those of you that joined to submit your observation. Yes. Very good. So th- you can send me the observations on a regular basis. That way I can kind of know what's going on and keep tabs on what's happening uh, from observer to observer. And if we have someone reporting something interesting, we can put an alert on the uh, website and let observers know. Yeah. What the yeah. yeah, Saturn's one of those objects, no matter how many times I look through a telescope, it always amazes me just how beautiful it is. It's quite intriguing. For the first time a youngster ever looks through a telescope at Saturn, if we set up a telescope for school kids or something like that, mm-hmm. totally amazed by how fascinating it looks with see the rings, you know, because you can't see Jupiter's rings too easily. No. And just been the, uh, the real uh, showcase for observers uh, looking at the planets. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've I've done a star party and had the telescope on Saturn, and people swore I had something on the other end of the telescope showing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of flaws. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. Now, you mentioned your book. Talk about your book. Yeah, the Saturn and How to Observe It. It was published back in 2005. It's still available on from Amazon and from other outlets. Uh, we hope to revise that book when we can find uh, when we can encourage the publisher to put it out. Uh, I've made several changes that aren't that significant, but it keeps up to date with what's going on. And uh, we hope to have a new edition available uh, next year. Uh, we're oh. working really. Uh, it will probably come from Springer. Uh, that would probably be where we are. Cambridge, one of the two places, depending on which publisher wants to pick it up. Okay, great. Have you ever thought of self-publishing? Yes, I have, but I think the uh, the book that I was talking about, the theory and methods for visual observers, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are interested about uh, inter- interested in how to do imaging, and there are a lot of books on that subject uh, right. available in the literature. But this particular uh, monograph appears on the website, and uh, it explains many of the aspects of how to conduct visual observations. And it goes into a little bit of the imaging part of it, but uh, that was done back in 2019 and it's, uh, it's fairly well up to date. And uh, there are a lot of, a lot of information in there and observers, when they read that, if they have any questions about anything, they're certainly welcome to contact me. Great. Great. Well, anything else you'd like to add about the Saturn section? Well, it continues to do well. We've got observers all over the world. Uh, we have active observers uh, everywhere. Uh, some of the first observations came in from the observers down in Australia because they have a good... Saturn is located at a fairly low position in the sky at a minus 18 degrees declination. So uh, the uh, observers down south, down under, as many people say, uh, were able to ca- capture Saturn early on in the apparition. And uh, that's where a lot of the observations started coming from lately. But many of the observers in the uh, United States have already started sending their observations in Mm -hmm. already. Great, great, great. So uh, I guess your tenure of uh, being executive director of the ALPO ends this year? Yes, it rotates off. And uh, uh, that will be passed on to someone, Carl Hergenwerther, will be the one picking it up and... uh, He'll do a good job, I'm sure, and it's been an interesting uh, several years. So uh, <laughs> we wrote 
that on from time to time. And I'll mention one other thing on Saturn. You know, the rings were blocking regions of the southern hemisphere. And as observers start observing Saturn now with an 18-degree uh, ring tilt, you can start seeing little or small portion of the southern hemisphere of Saturn peaking below the rings, uh, beyond where the rings cross the globe. I never thought about that. Yeah, because you're limited to what hemisphere you could see. Depends on upon the ring tilt. That's right. So you're starting to see a little more. And then you've got the edgewise as presentation of the rings coming up uh, in just a few years. It's going to be like 2025. Okay. 24, 2025 apparition. That's when Saturn's rings will be edgewise. So the rings are continuing to close up until we reach those dates. Yeah. Great. So what are you going to do with all your free time when you're not executive director? <laughs> Oh, just keeping up with observations, uh, do some hiking and getting out in a, in a good country and just enjoying the beauty of the good weather. I do right. some observing other things as well, do, do the moon. Of course, I follow I'm the coordinator of the Venus section as well, and that keeps me busy as well. That's true. That's true. All right, Julius. Well, I want to thank you for again coming on and telling us all about Saturn and what we can expect this year. And hopefully some of our listeners will get out there and contribute to the section. Yes, we don't really care what size telescope one uses. We don't try to, like I said, set any inflexible minimum, but anyone who wants to start observing Saturn and have questions about it, they're free to contact me. Great. And your email address will be in the show notes as well. So if you're interested in, in, in getting started, he's definitely the man to talk to. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Everyone's right. welcome. All right, Jules. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Observer's Notebook. I really want to thank Julius Benton for coming on and sharing a bit of Saturn knowledge with us. Uh, everybody get out there and uh, take a look at Saturn this year. It's beautiful. We upload a new episode of The Observer's Notebook on the 1st and 15th of every month. Subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month where you receive one year's free membership to the Alpo and producer credits on the podcast. With that, I want to thank the producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moore for their generous support of the Observer's Notebook. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the Alpo is in the show notes. And if you want to get a hold of me, contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at @observersnbpod. Until next time, my hope is you have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.